The Rink Rat Report podcast is brought to you by BetStamp, the ultimate sports betting companion app. Track, follow, and analyze your bets across multiple sports books. And while you're there, check out the world's first verified buy and sell marketplace for sports betting picks. Download the app today. The Rink Rat Report podcast is also brought to you by Season 2 of The Lock Garage. Host Marco Shara, a Toronto criminal defense lawyer, interviews various criminal lawyers about the practice of criminal defense, gets them to share their war stories, and helpful tips for up-and-coming lawyers interested in the area of law. Out now on all of your favorite podcasting platforms. Step into the garage, listen to the experts, and get a tune-up. All right, we're recording? Yes, sir. Welcome, everyone, to the Rink Rat Report podcast. Today is Wednesday, November, December 1st? 30 days in September, April, June, and November. December 1st. Wow, that had to be some quick math there. Uh, As always, joined by Josh and Jason. How's it going? What up? What a week, Callie, guys. Callie Love. That Thrilled. was awesome. Great vibes in the room. It's been a great week. A lot of positive things happening for the people in the room recently. Yeah. So great vibes. Callie vibes. But as always, we're going to... Oh, that's the first sweep of the California road trip since 1995. Yep. That's wow. a stat yeah. surfing. I yeah. did not know that one. That's a good stat surf for you. Yeah. For you there. But yeah, awesome road trip. Three wins. Three California teams. I want to start it off. What did you think of the California teams? How good do you actually think they were? Because we, we've seen Anaheim's doing pretty well this year when they weren't supposed to be. Do you think they're for real? LA's strung together a couple wins. They get Dowdy back now. How do, what do you think of those three teams? That's a good question. Honestly, it, this may be like a cop-out answer, but despite how each of them has started, I don't have that much of a different outlook on them from preseason after watching them play and looking at the numbers like i think you're right i think the ducks are definitely performing better than expected i think they are better than Mm -hmm. what i thought yeah Yeah. Yeah. i think but i think we talked about it like they were at an inflection point in their franchise right it was either going to be they these young guys step up or they don't they're the worst team in the league and luckily those guys have stepped up but to what degree are they good i still think they're probably like if you if the playoffs were one to sixteen best teams in the league, they'd miss the playoffs. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Like maybe because of division, they'd make it. But yeah, I, I think it's kind of clouded because the Leafs really did pump all these teams. Like it wasn't really close yeah. in any game. But yeah. I thought the Ducks were like did a of the three teams the maybe the best job of actually like getting chances. But it was also maybe like because the Leafs were already ahead, so it's hard to really judge. Um. So I I, I took a look and it was there. The Leafs were up three one. So. Sorry. Anaheim was better than them in the first period. They, mm-hmm. they really clogged up the neutral zone very well, made it very difficult for the Leafs to transition up ice, and they got some pretty good chances here and there. We saw uh, Trevor Zegers completely walk Wayne Simmons at mm-hmm. one point. That was, that was nasty. Just Simmons he, is in a bad spot there. Well, the no, he stripped covering. him. He stripped the puck from him at center. I know, but then, then he was the last guy back. Yeah, and then... Uh, what do you... Yeah, never mind, but... So Zegers looked fucking awesome. In that game. Yeah. But Zegers, even Drysdale looked pretty good as well for such a young player there too. But so Anaheim kind of won the first period. The Leafs absolutely took over in the second period. Two, they, were, they were up 2 nothing by the end of the second. They figured out the, the neutral zone there. Uh, what were the goals? The goals were both like off of, I'm trying, to, I'm trying to remember exactly what they were. One of them was a stretch pass from Muzzin, right? And the other one was... I'm trying to remember. The other one was, oh, um, I think it was TJ Brody strips it at the blue line, gets it to Marner. Mm-hmm. Marner up to Bunting. Bunting gets yeah. the chance. Marner corrals the rebound, gets it to the point. Brody, Austin Matthews tip, right? So both of those plays started through the neutral zone. So I, what I noticed was the Leafs, that was a really big, I, I, I want to go in on this Anaheim game. To me, that was a playoff. That was playoff hockey. That was a playoff win. We saw a huge transition in the Leafs' strategy and the way that the Leafs played. Remember, going back, the beginning of the season, the Leafs, we really, really complained about how they were dumping the puck in too much. We wanted to see them go through the neutral zone with the puck because they have some very good transition players. They don't have as many good rebound kind of... Or sorry, not rebound. Um, forecheck specialists. Mm-hmm. Puck retrievers. Puck retrievers, yeah. But what we saw in the Anaheim game, Anaheim did a fantastic job of clogging up the neutral zone. So we saw the Leafs dump it in a little bit more on them, dump it in, dump it in, you know, change up their strategy there because it wasn't working. Then they didn't abandon that, though. 
And they kind of kept guys floating up at uh, a neutral zone, blue line. And we saw some very good stretch passes and some very good transition games. Not as much skating the puck through the, through the neutral zone, but we did see some very good stretch passes, and it resulted in a lot of offense from the Leafs. Like, and then in the third period, the Leafs did sit back. Anaheim got some okay chances from what I saw, but it wasn't anything, you know, stupendous. There wasn't any, there wasn't any um, rush chances. It was a lot of shots from, like, decent areas, but we've got, the, we've got one of the best goalies in the league back there. Oh, yeah. Are you kidding me? So, to me, I, really, I was really, really happy with that change in, in strategy. Um, I it did bring forth a question that I'll bring forth that I'll bring up later. But what were you? Was there anything else you guys saw from that game? I, I agree. I thought again, Anaheim tried to clog up the neutral zone, but the Leafs passed the puck really well. Mm-hmm. Uh, the was the bunting goal where he shot it in the net. The stretch pass from Muzzin to Marner was like between like three guys. It was yeah. fantastic. Mm-hmm. And then Marner slides across, and Bunting scores. Like I, I don't know. The Leafs just seem to be clicking right now. Yeah. And some of that, who knows what that is, but. It could be a little bit of luck going their way now. You know, yeah. there was a long time. We're not going to get into Austin Matthews yet, but like guys are getting chances. The pucks aren't going in. Yeah. I actually have a good stat for that later. I'm going to save it for stats surfing that maybe there's even more room to positively regress, which mm-hmm. is like pretty exciting if you're a Leafs fan. But I think, I think you made a good point. Like maybe that's a coaching adjustment. We like to bag on Sheldon Keefe, but I mean, I kind of, since what game? The Carolina game when he said that bad quote was like, oh, I, I liked what we did tonight, even though they were terrible. Like, nobody's complaining about Sheldon Keefe anymore. I mean, like, no, not at all. He's gone not from fired to like, wow, maybe he's going to be the coach of the year now. The <laughs> yeah. way that things have, have swung. Mm-hmm. So, But we've seen a big, big switch in strategy, right? Yeah, absolutely. We they were absolutely dumping the puck in way too much at the start. And you can tell, like, they're they're carrying in. They're scoring off the rush way more now than they did before. Oh, way yeah, more. I know. Like, it's good to see, too. Even, the, I know this is kind of different, but the first goal in the San Jose game, Nylander gets, steals the puck off the rush, breakaway goal, like, quick goal. Oh, yeah. And also, like, another thing that this is, like, maybe, maybe a narrative thing, but they've been having great first periods. That LA too. and San Jose, they were two fantastic first periods to a point where it was kind of all systems go and then just keep the ball rolling and play good defense. Oh, they beat the hell out of oh, LA. Oh, the Kings game. I don't even, we don't even have to get into that thing because that was like. But still, that some was t- a re- stereotypical Leaf stuff happened. That was a revenge game from. What, for first Sean Dur- sure. From Sean Dersey? No, from <laughs> that first loss. That first loss to LA on that sleepy Monday night. <laughs> it is funny that Sean Dersey scored. Like, and he got an classic. assist, I think, the next I, game against Ottawa. No, he got an, he had a goal and an assist against the Leafs. He, he shot well, the then puck. Well, then the next game against Ottawa, he had another assist. Maybe he's good. <laughs> good for him. Happy <laughs> looked, for him. But he looked good. But f- that damn. LA game, like, man, they were flying. I don't know what it well, was. They killed the first, t- the first 10 minutes, I was, I was saying, like, oh, it looks like Matthews has had a night out. Then he just, like, took over. Oh, yeah. You hosted a good clip. In the third period, the game was pretty much already over, and Matthews was throwing the body. Yeah. Like, he clearly, I don't know what it is about L.A., maybe because his buddies are in the crowd, but he was like the Yeah, he brought it up mm-hmm. through the neutral zone, up the middle of the ice, put it into the corner, and then bodied the hell out of Dur- yeah. Dursey, like off, off a forecheck. In a game, it was like 5-1 at the time. So they, they, That game, they had 21 high-danger chances for, which is like insane. That's I think unreal. that's the most they've had all year. I got to look. That don't quote me on that, but that's like up there with the most that they've had in a game all season. So, oh, I had I'm some, looking, I'm looking, I'm looking. I that had is the most notes. they've had all season. I had some notes from uh, from that game that went beyond the actual game itself. So TNT, they were covering the game. They had the national coverage. They blew Sportsnet out of the water. Like they were, they like we were. I was watching all this. I was trying to find all the Sportsnet clips. Like I watched the game, I watched the sport, the game like through Sportsnet kind of thing, uh, on my TV. But all the best clips from the game came from TNT. Like the Matthews mic'd up um, after the Spezza goal, and even after his goal, the Matthews interview during the warmups. Whole like that takes a pretty mentally. Maybe that I don't want to look too too much into it, but maybe that's why he started slow in the warmup. He was doing an interview instead of maybe. focusing in. Maybe just the night out in L.A. <laughs> but um, Too many I, I agree. Unf- it's before. unfortunate that the that there's no TNT feed in Canada, right? Like you get the Sportsnet feed. 
the TNT feed for everything is good. They do a really good job oh, with yeah. basketball, and they do have done a really good job with hockey. It's kind of funny with hockey. If I don't know if you've seen the clips where they're trying to show like they have the sticks and they have the rubber pucks. Yeah, and and. <laughs> Every single time, without a doubt, they try to like pass it over to one another or take a shot. And because the studio, they don't have like, yeah, it's just a studio. Pucks. Yeah, it's bump, bouncing all over the place. They're like, what the hell? This week, they actually changed to like a real puck to try to like better simulate. Yeah. And I think it was Talkit sends the puck to Biz and he literally fumbled it off the stick. Like, so funny. I think but that's more Biz than the puck. Probably. Probably. No, no, no. But Jace, anything else? What, what one else last thing about, about, about the feeds. It was it was NHL Network, I think, one year. Kevin Weeks was trying to show them something with the goalies. I think it was the reverse VH. And he's like, oh, like this is how it used to be with the leg lock, where it's one leg up. Um, now it's like one leg. It, your leg is, uh, I guess, horizontal against the post. And he's trying to show them whatever. And I think they were using a real... I don't know if they were using a real puck, but someone like just took a shot at him. Gosh. <laughs> That's hilarious. Like, and he wasn't even expecting. He gloved. These. Like, what the? What are you doing here? <laughs> Live on air. But Good Jason, what did you think about uh, the LA game? We smoked. Huh? We uh, the LA game. I, I love that. We I love we, that we got like also a power play goal that game too. Power play still rolling. It's yes. just a good. We just smoked them. I don't know. It, like like you said, revenge game. It was a big revenge game. The one thing that I noticed about LA is I think of these three teams. I think Anaheim and LA are a little better than San Jose. I was really disappointed with how San Jose played against the Leafs. I think the first time they played, they played a lot, but they kind of saw that crappy mm-hmm. version of the Leafs earlier. I think LA does a good job of generally like cycling the puck. Like they're kind of like the old LA though. I don't see that much finishing talent up front for them. I think that for on LA, yeah, I think that would be their downfall if I had to think of any. Uh, it's just Arthur Kaliev, really. Yeah, but and how many goals does he have? Uh, probably not many. I don't yeah, think he's doing he doesn't too, play, too well. well he doesn't this also year. Play he plays fourth much. line. If you look at the guys in their top six, it's like you put. You had to know it's great to play that style, but he doesn't have any finishing. There's ability. no finishing, and like, Kopitar has so far. Athanasiu had COVID against the Leafs there, so they put Kupari in, which was actually a benefit because he took two so, penalties yeah, he right off the bat. In, he is in Todd McClellan's <laughs> doghouse. You can <laughs> see that was. <laughs> that I kind of feel bad for him because he's a young player, but oh yeah, but yeah, I don't know. The, these three teams, like we talked about earlier, they're they're still like solid. They're not bottom of the barrel, but no, I think regardless, getting six points is just crazy. Like they're on such a roll right now. Things are clicking. Like the puck was just going in the net on this trip. It's good to see. Yeah. One guy, I want. I don't know if you want to have any other team overall team thoughts to wrap up the road trip, but I wanted to maybe get into some individual guys. That no, let's keep with. let's keep going with it. I mean, we didn't really touch on the San Jose game much. Did you have any thoughts on that one? It was kind of the same thing, like quick goal by Nylander, and then it's like they don't stop from there on, which is good. Like sometimes you get that first one and you sit back with it. It was nonstop from them. This San Jose got the second goal. It was a bit of a weird goal. It was Benino oh. scored. I don't know if it was tipped or not, but it was like No, so what happened on that goal, and that's kind of like inexperience, I want to say, with Joseph Wolf. First off, Semyonov was just kind of out there for a skate. He was not. He's, he's not. He's not going to. There no was surprise. one play he tried to forecheck someone. He went for a hit. Oh, yeah. He completely missed the guy, hit the boards, and just like bounced off like a cartoon character. I was not surprised to see Kyle Clifford in the lineup the next game. Let's just say yeah, that. No. Not at all. I, I was kind of like, oh, maybe they give him another shot, but Semyonov stunk. Yeah, so he was really Maybe bad. he goes back to Marley's. He lights it up. We see him again. A little bit more confidence, whatever. I'm not saying never say never, but he stunk. And he was, he was a big part of that first goal. However, Joseph Wool with that goal... It was it was kind of like a, a mixed puck battle. It was in uh, one of the D-men skates. I think it might have been Justin Hole or Jake Muzzin. And in that situation there, it didn't look like uh, Wool was ready for that shot to come through. So he wasn't crouched down enough, and he didn't react quick enough to the puck there. So that's why Benina was able to beat him on a quick shot like that. I, I, I mean, literally, I've been in a situation like that. That's 100% what it was. He just wasn't crouched down. He wasn't expecting the shot. Um, enough, and he didn't get down quick enough. But he was awesome in that game. Like that—that yeah. that was. He's been awesome so far. Well, I mean, okay, the Buffalo game wasn't very good. Look whatever. At this, look at the numbers are don't lie. Numbers never lie. The Buffalo game. Well, I'm just saying overall. Yeah. Okay. Then the Islanders game. He made a couple good saves. He did what he had to. That's a shutout. No problem. And then the San Jose game. That was to me. That's the most impressive game. 110%. You give up a weak goal, and then after that, in the third period, he really shut it down. Like, you you come in, you get a shot. The rebound is Brent Burns, who can put the puck in the net, who's a very good shooter, 
and he stood out, like covered the entire net because he's a pretty big boy and was able to make the save. And then there was another one. It was a cross crease. And what did I say earlier about Joseph Wool? What's his biggest strengths? He's 6'4", and he's insanely flexible. Mm-hmm. And he was able to get across on a, 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 a shot that I was like, uh, it was insane. It was on Logan Couture, too. So he's hot, 100%. Yeah. I'm like, again, don't get ahead of yourself. He needs to go back to the Marlies. Like, this really? Is I don't know. 110%. How did, look at his AHL numbers. <laughs> I'm just kidding. No, it'd be best for him to play, though, too. Like, even if you're yeah, the, the start, like, the staunchest, like, Joseph Wall is the future of the Leafs. The he best needs de- to play. 100%. Exactly. The best development for that would for be for him to play. So, so. now with the Marlies, though, it's, it's, it's going to be interesting because Calgren is back. He had a concussion. He was out a couple weeks. Calgren's back. He was playing well with the AHL. They have Hutchinson down there. And then when they send Wall back, once Mrazek is ready, like, I want Wool getting more games. I don't. Yeah, he will. Like, I think he will. But like, what happens to Calgary and I don't Hutchinson? Th- well, if you're prioritizing development and Joseph Wall is your guy, you don't care what happens to Calgary or Hutchinson. Mm-hmm. If that means Hutchinson gets waived and gets picked up by another team, then he well, does. It would be a trade for future considerations, which has been happening a lot in the NHL recently. Yeah. I don't know if you've seen that, but like, I- I'm not that worried about Eric Calgary and Michael Hutchinson. Like, it- in the event that you see Joseph Wall as a possible real NHL goalie in the future, then the priority is that he's playing, right? Yeah. Another goalie had a good game this weekend uh, in the Leafs organization. Um, this probably went way below what you guys were looking at, but Keith Petrozilli, who I did not give a very glowing review of uh, at the Prospects Tournament, actually had a massive game with the Marlies, made some big saves late, uh, and got his first AHL win. So... Hey, good, good for him. Suck it, Joe. You stupid I think idiot. there's definitely a clog of goalies down there, but it's hard. Because Petrozilli put up some good numbers in the ECHL. It, it almost looks like, you know, he's fighting for the AHL net as well. Which is good. I think competition like, is it, great. Yeah. 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 So that'll be interesting to see. I, it, it's almost like I, I, I'd wait a little bit, but it's almost it's ticking towards the point of you need to move someone out. Like there's, you can't have four goalies there, <laughs> right? Yeah, I guess so, I, I agree, but um, we'll see. I, I think it's not the biggest of issues. There's also a chance they just keep mm-hmm. Joseph Wall as the. We third didn't goalie. waive a seven million dollar player. No, no, like it's, it's just it's not we're just issue. talking the nitty gritty of the roster here. But of it's a course. good point to bring up because it's going to happen. It seems like Mrazek is inching towards a return. I use the word inching because who knows? But and hope hopefully he performs well for us as well. But. I, 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 like goaltending right now, it's not a worry for me, honestly. Like Jack yeah. Campbell's been playing good. I would like to get him a little bit of rest. Mm-hmm. Of you know? course, like, of course. Especially if he ends up. Think about this: if he ends up being on the All Star team, which is like a good bet. I posted it today. He's leading the league in goals saved above uh, goals save above expected. And then if he makes the Olympics, which is right after the All Star game, which is seemingly very possible right now. It's hopefully, they play in the Olympics. Right. But I'm just saying, like, if you put because, that yeah, all... Yeah, the, the Olympics is literally... A, I posted the, the development, like, what happens. It's a charter jet from, from Vegas, Vegas. from the All-Star game. Which is interesting, because if you look historically, they usually don't have an All-Star game on the same yeah. year. But, like, the All-Star game in Vegas, in their mind, would have been a huge revenue driver. But now, like, the COVID stuff is throwing a wrench into it, but... They're staying at a hotel with no casino. Right. And going straight... So, if you're, you're a starting goalie, right now he's... Low, he's handling like what set almost 70 percent of the workload somewhere around there whatever but that or more yeah or more then you play in the all-star game then you go to the olympics then you got to come back for a stretch run like i think it's wise to give him more breaks when mirazic comes oh back. yeah i'm not saying i think 50, even mirazic might end up like I'm, i haven't yeah, checked the gonna, check yeah he is i think goaltending depth but i think he'll be at the olympics yeah, too like be. but what going off of what you're saying like going 70 percent of workload uh all-star game and then Olympics, like that can really mess up with your groove. It can mess up with your routine. It can really mess up like with your head almost. So like it, at the end of all of that, I'm not betting on Jack Campbell to come back and be the absolute stud that he's been so far, just because it, it'll take a little bit of time to get back into a, a rhythm of it. Right. Yeah, so, I agree. It's, it'll be interesting to see. Yeah. So just some small things that I haven't heard talked about much, but like, are but to be considered. Absolutely, they're important. All these little things matter. Like you hear on the radio when the Leafs are doing well, oh, there's nothing to talk about. There's always something to talk about. Just because yeah. it's not negative doesn't mean there's not a ton of things to talk about. So, of course, of course. Um, 
So yeah, with the San Jose game, I I, I didn't love San Jose's forward depth. Eric Carlson mm-hmm. still looks pretty good. Eric yeah. Carlson's played really well this yeah. year. I think he's probably healthy. Like yeah. That seems to probably be a common denominator in some of these guys getting back and doing well. Like they played a lot of like they missed games because of COVID, but they mm-hmm. played a lot of games in a very condensed schedule the last yeah. two years. Well, the last twelve months really, and you know they kind of got a real. It, most guys that didn't make the Stanley Cup final got a pretty realish off season, mm-hmm. and I think that's helping. Yeah, exactly, exactly. But any uh, any other touching points? It's kind of funny, James Reimer. I was going to bring that up. So consistently what's the choking. He's been pulled five times in a row against the Leafs. Yeah. Uh, I is it in a row? I know that there's one. Ga- there's only been like one game where he's actually played well against the Leafs, and that was when he was with Florida. He gave up two. That's it, been it. Other than that, it's been like he's been pulled every single time. Yeah, I think there was one time where he also got hurt. Yes, yeah. uh, the Carolina. Carolina yes, 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 sorry. Yeah. I don't even. Did he even? St- no, he played like 12 minutes mm. that game. But so. yeah, he's essentially been pulled every time against. Uh, it's kind of funny. I feel bad for him, but not really. I don't think he's that mentally strong. I'm not. I'm not gonna lie, right? Yeah, but any uh, any wrap up from the California trip? Yes, uh, William Nylander. We got to see him on the penalty kill more. Played a full two minutes uh, against San Jose, and then he got 30 seconds against the Ducks. But I don't think there was many penalty kill opportunities there. Uh, and then he he got an opportunity with the empty net and got the empty net goal as well. Any thoughts on William Nylander in the defensive role sort of space? Seems like they they like we were we were talking about it last week. We didn't really like his play in the offensive zone, but we were kind of okay. Not that we didn't like it; the, just wasn't, it wasn't working. What, exactly. Well, oh, sorry, no, no. Last week, yeah, you're right. You're right. Mm-hmm. With he was a ghost last week. It was. It just wasn't working, and and I think maybe that's good because it shows that hey, we're still confident in you. We still we still. We, we don't want you to be that streaky player where all that matters is for you to score goals to matter to us. And it's, it shows, I, I don't know, I think that's like a, a good little mental lift for Nylander, especially giving, getting yeah. him on the six on, or on, on the empty net and to try and get him that empty net goal. It's a, a goal like that can really help you break out of a slump. So maybe Keith recognized he was in a bit of a slump and put him out there six on five. It was good to see him on, on the penalty kill as well because like for the short little 20 seconds he's been on for previous penalty kills, it's, he's always had that juice. And I never believed yeah, he's, that he's played a lot, like with ten seconds left, yeah, exactly. Yeah, seconds yeah. Left, whatever. I've, I've never really believed penalty killing to be yeah. that hard for like a, a forward. It's very simple, it's like more the willingness, exactly. And and it's good to see that that we're putting more trust in him because it just it, having more trust in him means that he becomes a more complete player. I think so. It's it's good for us overall. I was, I was just happy to see, especially after we gave him the vanilla of the week. I think he's no longer vanilla no, he, this week. He was nominated. Pierre oh, Engvall sorry. won it. He's nominated for the Which, vanilla uh, this week. Who I mean, also played better this week. Yeah. He had a very good week. Yeah. yeah. Honestly, there were not that many guys that didn't play well this week, in my opinion. But back to what you were saying about Nylander, I think that's a good example of, you know, Andre Kacha gets injured, there's an opportunity, and William Nylander fills oh, it. Oh, that's what it was. Yeah. Because at, uh, the L.A. game, he played zip on the – he didn't play any penalty kill. And then it was the second – it was so against San Jose and against Anaheim is where he got the opportunity. And it was because Andre Kasha was out. Mm-hmm. Right. I think he did a pretty good job. He did. I think he's a good penalty killer because he's so good with his stick. Like I, I was maybe thinking that it is because Andre Kasha, I'm like almost positive. However, I was thinking they gave up two goals on the penalty kill against LA, but like one of them was in garbage time. But mm-hmm. I don't think yeah. it was be- any had anything to do with the play of the penalty kill. I, I think, think it was just I think filling the, Andre the Leafs Kasha. A one penalty is Kampf and Marner. I think that's what yeah. they want to do. And mm-hmm. then after that, though, like they like Spets on the draws, but I think it's probably. A mix of Kerfoot, Kasha, and Nylander, depending on the situation, depending on yeah. the timing. And, you know, it, it's good getting Nylander in there. I think also, this is kind of an, like on the Nylander topic. We talked about Nylander ice time wanting to be more. On even strength, he's almost playing the exact same as Mitch Marner 1544 versus 1525. Even like the past three games? No, the whole season. What about the past three games? Because that's when. No, I'm talking about even strength ice time this year. Yeah. William Nylander is playing more, which is good to see. I think yeah. okay. Sheldon Keefe, and this goes in line with the so shorthanded too, is he's trying to get Nylander on the ice more mm-hmm. overall. Yeah. And I think he's deserved that. Yeah. So compared sure. to last year where we couldn't get him on the power play, even if. That made no sense. Yeah, yeah. exactly. Just so just looking may, back how, how well the power play is clicking now, and you, just, you look back last year and it's like Joe Thornton. Yeah. I know. 
was on the panel. But hey, adjusting is important. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, there's always die. we always say there's always there's always games to be yeah. played, right? And up until the last game last year, they didn't adjust, unfortunately. Mm-hmm. But they they've shown a good example of that this year, just simply in Nylander's ice time. Take a look. I mean, yeah, yeah he he played fourteen nineteen last game and Marner played 15 but th- it's because they were winning they they also like last two games I think Mitch Marner hasn't played more than 18 minutes like well he played 14 oh let's see overall overall it has been Marner 1706 and Nylander 1636 so it's like yeah. very very comparable which is good I mean I think we talked about it like get the second line playing more and they played yeah. really well this week so they did I mean the the Chances for, chances against were kind of more so. They went up towards... I posted the charts. They went up more towards the a lot is happening here. However, I did want to point something out. Against the Ducks, Matthews' line got nine uh, offensive zone face-offs to one defensive zone face-off. And it's been an even split. It was an even split for the John Tavares line. Now... That's not happening consistently every game, but I did notice it did happen another game, and that being the Islanders game. Have you guys noticed anything in regards to that? Is yeah, there something to look into there? I think that's the David Camp effect, honestly. Well, David Overall. Camp got zero offensive. Yeah. Right, but that allows you to really throw your offensive guys out there more, right? And I think when it comes down to it, it I, let's say you have an A1 ideal ice, post-icing, you can put on whoever you want against their mm-hmm. tired guys. They're going to put Matthews on every time now. Yeah. Guaranteed. He's he's cooking now. He's playing with Mitch Marr. Those are your two best players. They go on the ice, right? So yeah. And overall on the season, Matthews' offensive zone faceoffs went up from fifty nine percent last year to sixty four percent this year. And if you notice with Boston, that's what they do also with the Brad Marchand line. That's also what the Leafs weren't doing last year in the playoffs. Yeah. Right. So they weren't line matches. So that's a positive sign right there. It's just kind of interesting to see that they're splitting it so heavily on Matthews's line going the offensive zone versus Tavares's line at times trying to take advantage of it yeah interesting but I I, I think that just boils down to that that they feel they, like they could they have better chance of scoring with those three guys then yeah. it'll be interesting it's, to see they're back at home yeah so it'll be interesting to see what they do with that last change and if we see more of that I, I'm gonna keep an eye on that more closely mm-hmm. moving good forward idea. there so It'll be uh, like my penalty kill thing, and then it's just never going to happen ever again, and Matthews is going to get all the defensive zone draws because the universe hates me. How but. are we feeling about the forward lines? We saw some tinkering, especially – so in the first game, David Kampf went down. Something that I saw that was interesting yeah. was that I believe it started out with Kerfoot, Kosh, Ritchie, and then it seems like uh, Keith trusted William Nylander as the center more. And so Nylander, Kosh, Ritchie was three minutes. They played three minutes together, and the uh, Kerfoot on that line only played a minute together. So – and some, something interesting where you but see William Nylander as the, I guess that could be more suited to how that line would be constructed compared to having Nylander versus Kerfoot and more of like an f- offensive line with Cash and Ritchie. But and then just the third third line jumbling pretty much throughout the whole trip because yeah. Kampf missed the first game. He was in, he, I think he got injured in the first. He did. Know. It was like within the first yeah. minute. And then uh, I think Spezza or Kosh came out of the lineup for the last two games and Spezza took his place. How do you guys feel about the third line? shenanigans we'll call it it wasn't it wasn't good i think yeah it was kind of a sign that andre kashuk runs that is the driver yeah he's the offensive driver he's the offensive driver so when you don't have an offensive driver like i like i like wayne simmons but he they they had a tough time against anaheim and they were able to finish on the one scoring chance that they got kind of Mm -hmm. right well wayne simmons has been a offensive juggernaut force i think he's been he had four points in the yeah, last three yep. games. Yeah, and they've been nice. He's making nice yeah. plays. Like no, this is not like grimy poke the puck in the net. Like what was it? He had the, a the toe, toe drag. drag. His, <laughs> no, he had a toe drag in his own zone to start up the the rush, and then he had a toe drag off the rush to Pierre Engvall, wide open cage. That's I mean last game, and then he had the the goal last game off the rebound there. Like I'm not saying Wayne Simmons has played bad over this trip. Like he's been awesome. However, that third line overall against Anaheim, I thought could have done a lot better. Yeah, for sure. Um, they weren't that good. And, you know, look at what the lineup was. It was it was uh, David Kampf, Nick Ritchie, and Wayne Simmons. Just it, it didn't, work. didn't work. You shouldn't no. go back to that at all. I mean, yeah. still trying to find a spot for Nick Ritchie here. Yeah. Like, where, where does he fit? I don't know. I, I have a decent idea. Maybe get into it I later. I have but, the same idea. But, um, what is it? 
No, we'll, we'll get, get into, into it later. later. Okay. I, I think that I think that's I think we did a good job wrapping up the West Coast trip. Like I yeah, I yeah. think it was successful. Let's keep going. It was oh, it was beyond successful. We yeah. got three wins. Fantastic. We're happy. Beyond successful. Um, I think that's all the notes that I had from from the West Coast trip there. But uh, do we want uh, upcoming games against the Avalanche, Wild, Jets, and then we'll see if what we do with the Jackets it might be them as well. Have you watched? Gotten a chance to watch any of the? It's a pretty tough matchup with the Avs in the Wild. Jets are up and down this year. We'll see which kind of Jets we get, and then the the Jackets are can be sneaky on you. Anything to, to touch on with those? Yeah, uh, Nate McKinnon's coming back, which <laughs> is a huge boost, obviously. But does anyone know who the number five scorer in the NHL is this year? It's right. Nazem Kadri. Oh, oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Nazem Kadri's having Crazy. a fantastic year in his contract year. He's really stepped up for them. With Nathan McKinnon being out. Last time I checked, he was at 25 points in 27. 17 games. 27, 27 now. Yeah. He's been really good. I mean, the Avs are as good as they've ever been, really. There's not... Point total aside, it's it's a really good Cam team. Cam McCart came back from injury, oh, I think it was. He's really been good. like a goal a game. Oh, Has he God. not? He's been really good. He's like, unreal. They, he's... Really, like, they really use him properly, though. Like oh, I don't want to take away from Cam McCart's obvious like, skill and talent, but it's not the best he's a 70% offensive zone guy. Like, they... Yeah. He's a weapon, and they use him as a weapon, which you should do. That's, he, why, I mean, like, the, that's why they were able to just get rid of Barry. I, I don't think it's an exaggeration to say he is currently, other than McDavid, he's the number two offensive play driver in the NHL right now as a defenseman. No, now, is. defensively, he's still poor, but it doesn't matter because they, they always have the puck, and the puck's yeah. always going oh, yeah. forward. I think it's going to be a fantastic game. It'll be interesting to see what the coaching strategy is there with the neutral zone and the forecheck on him because if you have someone like, like Nick Ritchie trying to chase him no, around no. all night, <laughs> you're going to have a tough time. No. So we'll see how that kind of shakes out because he is – Kale McCarr with the puck is so much fun to watch. Same thing with Nathan McKinnon, but we'll see what happens there. Uh, I think Kemper's been kind of up and down this year. He's been all decent. Am I, am I? Yeah, he's been decent. Up and down is a good way to put it, I think. Um, yeah. It's funny because him and Varlamov, Kind of always tied together. He's still been better than. What did I say? What did I say? Varlamov. Yeah, you said Varlamov. Who's the guy on? I, Grubauer. Grubauer. Both sorry, have, both have been terrible. Grubauer's been absolutely terrible. So, like yeah. technically, I guess it's kind of like you pick the right guy. I don't know if you could really say that, but I think they they like what Kemper's doing for them. I don't think there's any yeah. trust lost in him. He started seventy five percent of the game so far. Like he'll be fine. Yeah. Exactly. Exactly. Um, and I hope he's fine. I think he's going to be. To me, he's like a shoe in for the Canadian Olympic team. After I, winning that I, I, still, I still think the third goalie is, is I don't third know. Third goalie? I don't know. You think it's Bennington? Carter Hart? Carter Hart's having a very good year. We'll Who knows? See. We'll see. Who knows? But the Minnesota Wild, I haven't gotten a chance to watch. I just see that they're top of the standings. <laughs> they're doing what they always do, like suppressing expected goals, suppressing mm-hmm. chances. They don't have a really a high-scoring guy other than Kaprizov. I mean... Fiala, but he's been. He's maybe we'll catch him on the wrong at the wrong time. Maybe we'll catch him in a Leafs jersey eventually. I <laughs> That's I think I, like he seems like a guy that wants out. So who knows? Yeah. But yeah, they've been have a had a good balanced scoring so far. Cam Talbot building off last year, having another good year. Yeah, that'll be again a much tighter checking game. But I think the Leafs have done a good job in those games so far. Mm-hmm. I think they're showing their versatility in those games. So I'm kind of yeah. looking forward to that one as well. Exactly. Jason. Uh, no, I, everything you said, right, right on the head, yeah. Right and then Winnipeg the will kind of be the opposite. It'll be yeah. Like very, it'll be a shootout, very free flowing game. Yeah, we'll just see what kind of night we catch Connor Hellbuck on. Exactly. <laughs> yeah, because but he's two or three. That's the goal again. Then of course see Columbus. It's the goal every week. We we surpassed it last week. We so did. let's we'll go. See. Let's let's see if we can do it again. One uh, thing I I did want to yep. say is we didn't really talk defense. I was about to yeah. talk about that. Yes. The, the Leafs' defense, like, I, I posted the chart, and you guys saw it, right? There's one pairing that is in the top left, which is the best spot to be in. There's the Brody and Riley, who were in a very, very good spot. They were they were tremendous this week. Morgan Riley, we didn't see one one doido brains play. Yeah, he's been good. Like, that was, that was, that was awesome to see there. But then, and one of our most used defensive pairings was in the bottom right, and they were on the ice for, I think, a lot of goals. Mm-hmm. There wasn't a lot of goals scored, 
but I think they were on the ice for most of them this trip. What what do you do with this defensive makeup? Like, can you play Sandine Lilgren, Dermot Moore? Can you take Hole out of the lineup? I, I wouldn't add Dermot to the Sandine Lilgren group there because I think he's been pretty bad other than the first week of the year. Well, Anaheim, he had a good game. He did, but I'm just saying, looking at his numbers and his impacts, like, okay, he had a good game against Anaheim, but like... He has a couple good games, and then you put him up in the lineup, and then he pisses his pants. Exactly, so... And then you take him out, and then you put him back in the third pairing, and then he plays well, and then you you just go through this endless cycle. It's insanity. Which is exactly why I said, like, the question shouldn't be, should we play Sandy and Lilligren and Dermot more? Because, no, we shouldn't play Dermot more to be decided. He's lost his chance. So, I, I don't know. For me... Both Sandin and Hall have been probably two of the three worst Leafs overall this year, I think. Sandin. Dermot. Sorry, Dermot. I'm killing the names today. Dermot and Hall. Yes. Travis Dermot and Justin Hall have been the worst Leafs. Dermot has been good on the third pairing. Mm -hmm. We know that, though. I saw a couple very, very good plays from him against Anaheim. But it it doesn't matter because we have two guys who we'd rather use on the third pairing now. So now you're trying to figure out who you're going to play with Jake Muzzin, who, by the way, in my opinion, still has not been as bad as people think. I think he's being dragged down by Justin Hall a lot. Like, a lot, a lot. You think he's trying to do too much? Just overall impacts. Justin Hall has not moved the puck out of the zone Mm -hmm. well this year. He's not as effective physically this year. I don't know if you guys – he's never been the most physical guy, but he looks – I don't want to say disinterested. but He got bodied by Trevor Moore. In and out of the lineup, Trevor Moore's five foot ten, like one hundred and sixty yeah. pounds. He got absolutely bodied by him, and it led to a scoring chance. It's been disappointing. It's been very disappointing. And I f- like, yeah. I, I found the perfect video to describe him handling the puck, and it was Peter Griffin just throwing mm-hmm. grenades out his window. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he's, I feel like he's won more. He hasn't won as many puck battles this year. I feel like that's where the biggest thing is. Like he's. His inability to move uh, the yeah. puck and the lack of winning puck battles in his own zone is like really causing. A mess, I think, for this pair. Yeah, and I don't know what the solution is. Like, I think the solution might be external. I think yeah. we, we kind of are very reactionary on like, what's the new piece that's going to come to the Leafs? I think most people probably think still some sort of left wing addition is needed, but mm-hmm. I think slowly but surely another right defenseman is becoming a real Big need. need. Yeah. Yeah. And I, I'm thinking we should like I I love the way that Muzzin played with Brody early on in the year when they played together. I want to see more of that honestly, and I yeah. know that Dermot doesn't work with you. Just need Riley. to find someone to exactly. Play with Riley. Yeah, that's that's what I think. What, what kind I'd of be, demon is that? Where? I don't know. Yeah, that's that's what I'd be thinking about and looking for if I were I'm trying to think who would be like, not like a trade, but just like someone in the league. If you had unlimited salary cap and you can just pluck them for anything, Riley and Riley, Mike Riley, Mike Riley. Well, do you mean like anyone? anyone. You, kind of, you, you would be the perfect pairing for. You'd want a low, you want a low event guy who I think would be. But who perf- would that? Would that be Adam Pellick? Do you think? Yeah, probably. Yeah, yeah. someone like Adam Pellick, yeah, Ryan Pulak, kind of. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That'd be, damn. Okay. Devin Taves would be good. Mm-hmm. Devin Taves, that's another interesting all, one. All former Islanders. Yeah. <laughs> well, no, there's Summer. a couple of them are current. Current, yeah. One was Mackenzie Weger would be good. Yeah, Mackenzie Weger, that's another good one. Interesting picks. Yeah, but. I know why they, they plucked Lilgren out of the lineup. I mean, he had a couple bad turnovers against mm-hmm. San Jose, but mm-hmm. the rest of the game he was he was at, he was he was very 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 good, and the end results showed for it. Yeah. But a couple bad turnovers to start, like. But my issue is, watched when they put him back into the lineup. Hopefully, it's very very soon. It's going to be a rough go for him because you can't keep taking a young guy. And putting him in the lineup and then taking him out whenever you have an excuse and then putting him in and taking him like I know you need depth. I know you want to give Travis Dermott and Justin Hall these reps. You don't want them sitting in the press box for too long. But you also don't want to mess with the flow of a very good developing young defenseman. I agree. That's so it's a catch twenty two and it's like what the hell do you do? I'm I'm very torn on that one. I know that and I'm very torn on the deployments as well. Like mm-hmm. It's tough, but I like I don't know. It seems like they're settling Hall back in with Muzzin now. Like he hasn't really been out of the lineup. Yeah. Played all three games this week. Been, but. Like, what have they done well? Like my issue is like I understand they're both bigger defensemen. They're both they both have that range. They both take like they're not giving up. Well, actually, they're, they're giving up goals. So, but they're not moving the puck out of their zone very well, and so it's really really hampering them. So it doesn't matter if you're able to suppress in your own zone if you can't get it out of your zone. There's a major issue there. Yeah, I think they're going to ride Muzzin Hall until it's like we can't do this anymore. Yeah. So we'll see what happens. It'll be this. This will be a big test. The game against Colorado, mm-hmm. like that'll be a, oh, that's a huge test, major test, I wonder, major camp test too. I wonder if we'll see 
like Lillard can earn a spot higher up in the lineup at any point this year. I know they, they keep jer- – it's like – it's tough because of all the right D between uh, Dermot and Hall, he's like blowing them out of the water. Like it's not even close. So, yeah. I don't know. I'm, I'm just thinking – I just keep going back to who could play with Morgan Riley, maybe Lillard. Have the, you seen enough from Lilgren to say like give him a top four shot? It's not even that we've seen enough from it. It's just we haven't seen enough from the other guys, and it's like who else is going to play there? Isn't like my – yeah, mental. Someone has to play there, and like Hall isn't the guy. Hall hasn't been the guy this year. Dermot is not the guy, as we've seen time and time again. So yeah, there's just too many bad performances. Yeah, like it's, it's it's so crazy it, because it's not like Dermot's like an offensive defenseman that can't play defense. Solid defensively, we've seen him make some good passes here and there. I remember the the play in against Anaheim where it was he was able to get the puck and just a one touch pass to Spezza, who then went out to the middle I think it was to Simmons then went off the crossbar like you get some offensive flair in there but then like you put him up in the lineup and it's just like is it Morgan Riley or like he just he he does not look good at all (laughs) yeah it's weird no and the the other thing just becomes like a cap thing right he's making one and a half and then these guys are on entry-level deals still so yeah we'll see what happens it's a big like it's only I mean you look at it; it's only what seven hundred k. But at the deadline, you can make that into one point four. Yeah, right. Yeah, absolutely. So, so it'll well, be interesting, and I it, don't think what we saw, like the top four right now, like second line, uh, right D, is is still up for grabs in yeah, my opinion. I, agree. Yeah. I don't know if they see it like that though. Honestly, are we ready to eat crow on the? Seattle or the expansion draft decision. Yeah, we. I was ready like fifteen games. Yeah, for sure. <laughs> Honestly, yeah. And I thought that like Jared McCann's been good. He hasn't been like crazy. He wrote mm-hmm. a really high shooting percentage at the start. He still had a high. He's still oh, shooting twenty seven percent. Okay, but he, sorry, game. I just looked thirty percent. Yeah, thirty. But hey, it's more power to him. Like deservedly so. Like he's he's a good player. We know that. So mm-hmm. it's funny because Kerfoot's been an awesome too. Kerfoot's yeah. been great. <laughs> we're wrong. Yeah, we were wrong. It's okay. So we we left. We left the two best players at possible unprotected. That's funny. Yeah. <laughs> that is so funny. Again, though, if, if we saw we had Lilligan last year, I know, right? We would have been able to, to go with Bogosian. Yeah, and that's like he was good. Too. He was good. He yeah, was good. No, no knock Bogosian was good. Don't knock him there. Mm-hmm. But like, you need to be able to be willing to go through those growing pains in order to have then cap efficiencies, and then you're able to see earlier what you have in a young player, right? Especially when you're playing them third line minutes. Yeah, agreed. So it's tough, but yeah, we'll see what happens there. Hopefully, something does happen. But do you guys want to get into a little bit of around the league? Let's do yes. it. Um, a lot so of fun stuff. Big news out of Montreal. Mark Bergevin. He was uh, he was fired because Montreal is an absolute tire fire right now. Um, as I mean, a couple, few months after making the Stanley Cup final as well. But no Weber, no Price. Uh, for a while, I think it was Edmondson was out. Like, just too big of a hill to climb. Um, Mike Hoffman, their big free agent acquisition, I don't think has really done much because that's what we predicted he would do in Montreal. Not much. But what what, what has been, what through his Montreal tenure, has been your favorite Mark Bergevin moment? I don't know. There's so there's so many good moments. Like one of them is the just all the trades that he made. He made the league a lot of fun. He's made some bananas he trades. He was ballsy. He was ballsy. Exactly. And I loved. I love. I've always loved seeing that. But going from Galchenyuk to Domi to Anderson, that one was a little. That's like a little interesting. And then ballsy. the Sub, Subban for Weber, another one that that worked out. That I I thought okay. they got fleeced in back in the time. I don't know. I just oh. Bergevin, I'm always going to be remembering him as like a, just a, sh- a, shoot, a shooter, essentially. And that's those are my, some of my favorite moments. For him, like he obviously really loved the Canadians. Yeah. So it's, it's tough to see him fired. But like, yeah. I don't think of good moments. Like, I don't care. I hope the Habs suck. Like, that's yeah. flat. I'm just going to be honest with you. I think he did a pretty decent job. Like, nothing crazy. Mm-hmm. They've always been able to outperform expectations. Yeah. I think, look at last year. But I think one thing that's a lesson for a lot of people, this can apply to the Leafs. You use your brain and connect them. Like one playoff is not representative of what a team is. No. A team can get hot or a team can get cold in a playoff. If you look at Montreal's total body of work over the last calendar year, they're not the second best team in the NHL. No. They're not even a top 20 team in the NHL. But things can happen. Carey Price gets hot. They get a good matchup against Winnipeg. They 
catch Vegas off Phil guard, Deneau. and they're in the Stanley Cup final, right? So yep. I get that they've lost a lot from last year. That's fair, but I don't think even last year people thought they were that strong of a team. But no. it, it's it's just a good lesson to learn, right? Things mm-hmm. can change quick in this league, and sometimes you luck does get involved. Yeah. Right? I'm not discrediting Montreal's run last year. A lot of guys stepped up. They played really well. Nick Suzuki emerged. Cole Caulfield emerged. Like, but luck plays a lot into yeah, it. Yeah, if Galchenyuk doesn't fire a pizza into the middle of the oh, ice, so maybe so. Ducharme ends up getting fired at the end of the year. Yeah. They don't go for Mike Hoffman, and yeah, you, they might sell, I don't know, Ben Sherrod at the, at, in the summer. Who, who knows? But yeah. even Ducharme, like you asked me gun to my head, I still think Claude Julien's a better coach than him. Probably. I do. No, he stinks. So a lot like, of people are complaining about him. Again, it can just happen. I don't sometimes. think anyone liked him through the, mid, like, the season yeah, yeah. after he came in. And so it was like... I saw someone tweet. It was like, oh, okay, if the, the Habs lose tonight, the positive is they fired Ducharme. <laughs> if they win, then, you know, they we win. Won, like, yeah. <laughs> we get to move on kind of thing. So, yeah. I, I, I think it was funny. You remember the pointing to the TV? Yeah. Where it was, he was like, oh, that, that's goalie interference. It's but no it goal. And Kyle Dubas looked at the TV as well, and he laughed. He said, I don't know what he's looking, yeah. what they're looking at. But Another thing you have funny. written here is not matching Kakayemi. It was like... That's we talked about it. It was like kind of a no-brainer, but it was yeah. a big controversial thing. I think Because then he turned points. around right away and, and traded for Christian Dvorak right. he's mm-hmm. like an man. hour later. Yeah, it's a wild <laughs> yeah he's, he, he, was, he was ballsy. He was fun to watch, and he just always wore tight tarps. Right, <laughs> he's a big guy. He's, he's, he's enormous. He's so jacked. Some good flow, too. Oh, yeah. Really good flow for his age. Oh, yeah. He was, yeah, that was... And Watch then any and looks uh, it's funny because Jeff Gordon got hired, but as like a weird vice president of hockey, like he's the GM. I know yeah, they're gonna yeah. hire they're gonna hire someone that speaks French to be the quote unquote GM. Yeah, Patrick Wall. I I saw Danny Briere. <laughs> it's gonna be Danny Briere. Apparently, yeah. he's like the favorite, which is wild. He's but. been like head of operations for the Maine Mariners, so it's not like he's. Yeah coming off the couch and being like, all right, uh, how do we do this? But he's not the guy in control. It's going to be Jeff <laughs> yeah. Gordon. And in my opinion, I think Jeff Gordon is a spectacular NHL GM. If you look at what he did in yeah. Boston to lay the foundation for like the Stanley Cup runs, I know it was Shirelli there, but look yeah. at all the guys they acquired. Most of them were from him, drafted and free agency. He was doing a really good job in New York before he got fired. Oh yeah, they had And I understand that New York is doing better this year, but I really don't know how long that's going to last. I, I Think no, they're, they're not developing of, anyone very well. No, they're not. And I think yeah. that was a big mistake for them to fire him. And I think he's going to do really well in Montreal, honestly. But you got to give these guys five years, though, at yeah. least, and then see the results. You know, like exactly. the turnover in the GM position is crazy. And I do give Jeff Molson credit on, like, he really saw Bergevin out. There was a lot of times in the last three years-ish that people wanted him fired. Yeah. And they, they saw it through. So same thing with Kyle Dubas. Like, you got to give these – like I don't know if how many people are trying to fire Kyle Dubas at this moment – but a couple of weeks ago or a couple of weeks in the future, you never know in this market. So yeah. Yeah. Ridiculous. Some of these people, but anywho, do you want to get into some vanilla and favorite? I have a couple more around the leagues. I want yes. To get oh, first. we do. Jack Hughes, Jack Hughes, eight years, $8 million. Lots of Thoughts. That's a lot of money for a guy who that's hasn't really, yeah. So we haven't really seen a lot of like, he looks good now, but that's still like eight. That's a lot of money. Yeah. Could you say this is almost the leaf effect of guys not wanting to wait to the last minute and get gouged on contracts? Yeah, they set, it seems like they set a new precedent for for uh, coming off your draft deal to to signing the RFA deals. Like the yeah. first RFA deal you get, it seems well, like they, they want to get paid now. Did they also do that with his year? Yeah, they, they did. did. Yeah. Well, a lot of teams are doing it now. Yeah, right? everyone. Like Kale McCarr one year. Mm-hmm. Like it just it seems to be the right move because even if you end up slightly like let's say Jack Hughes ends up not being an eight million dollar player for the next eight years, I doubt it. But let's say that happens. At least you didn't wait a year and let's say he ends up scoring 50 points in the last 40 games this year. Then he asked for $12 million. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So it's a risk you got to be willing to take. I think yeah. it's the right move. I agree. I think he has 55 points in like 120 games. Yeah. Not He showed very, very well in two games, then got injured, and then I guess they just got him on the down line. Yeah, but <laughs> it's it's true. Like you you got to take the risk, right? It, it's, yeah. it, it might end up saving them $2 million in the long run. Yeah. yeah. If you wait to the end sure. of the year, he's a $10 million forward. So. And God knows how much the cap's going up. So it's like... You kind of get ahead of that one as yeah. well, but New Jersey looks to be all in. It's going to be interesting. They got an interesting team. That division, top to bottom, is very interesting. Yeah. 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 That's true. Who else there? Islanders are. They're, they're not that they're good this year. Right yeah. Yeah. PDO. Uh, another guy I wanted to bring up is Jake DeBrusque. Oh, he wants out. 
he officially wants out now. We've heard rumblings, but now he's like, well, he asked he was earlier. And then like now the agent like went back on it. Mm-hmm. He's like, Hey, remember when I asked, yeah. like we're demanding now. Yeah. I, I think, I don't know. Like, if I don't a, think he's going to be playing with anyone. He he's going to be with he the organization, mm-hmm. but now he's going to be scratched until they can move him. Yeah. So that's an interesting one. Apparently, uh, you know, as it always happens when the news breaks, everyone on Twitter was saying, Oh, like this GM get in on this guy, whatever. And I saw someone say like, Oh, he'd be perfect for the Leafs. Doesn't show up when he needs to. I disagree with that. I think I actually think he would be really like be fantastic. Sarcastic, sarcastic. I think he'd yeah. be really good for the Leafs. Yeah, he's a he's not a defensive specialist, but he's been a competent defensive forward in roles for Boston. Mm-hmm. He has a good scoring touch. Let's talk DeBrusque, Conf, Kasha. How about that? That'd line? be a great line. Ooh. Yeah. What's his contract like? Three, Three seven five for one more year, I believe. Yeah. Right. Just and this season or one year after? I this? have a perfect guy to give you if you want to match some money. He played in Boston before. Send him Nick Ritchie back. Yeah. You, we're on the same page here. <laughs> They're not going to do that. I know. They didn't even qualify Nick Ritchie for not, two Not in a one-for-one, obviously. But I think DeBrusque will be a very savvy pickup for whoever decides to pick him up. I think he has goal-scoring talent. For whatever yeah. reason, You know, you, I really think the last shot for him was them signing Nick Foligno. It's like essentially just saying, you think Nick Foligno's better than me at 37 or whatever? He's yeah. not that old, but... That's tough. And DeBrusque was looking like a real part of their core, but yeah. things have soured. Looked good early, and then it was, it's been very up and down. God knows why, but yeah, that'd be, he'd be a good pickup for pretty much anyone. Well, I think like maybe Detroit. That would be a good pickup for Detroit. Yeah. Get in some talent there. He's still young. He's 25. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. Like they have the cap space, I believe. They're on the up and up. It would just be an extra like jump up there. Um, I could see maybe Ottawa taking a big they should. I mean, at this point, they should take anyone because they suck. Oh, I thought they were going to be the best team in Ontario. What did we say in the offseason? Ottawa, you're developing, but just Wait, take relax. a step back and give me be patient. I uh, think someone revisited that. They're like, hey, because it was Mark Mathot that tweeted it because he likes yeah, to stir stuff that. up. And then he just sent them the NHL.com link. He's like, just it says on this website, just go go and take a look. <laughs> they like, they really, you know, <laughs> Matt Murray, that's another round of league. He's on waivers. Like, Wow, who could have saw that happen? Everyone saw that happen. That's the funny part. You right? got outplayed outplay by a guy they picked up off waivers last year. And and Philip Gustafson. Like, that's tough to apparently Matt Murray's not happy. Like, nobody in Ottawa is happy with say, you, yeah. bud. <laughs> nobody in Pittsburgh was happy with you. You you gained 20 pounds of core strike, whatever that means. He looks like I, I can't find the meme, but I, I'm going to explain it, as horrible radio as this is. Verbal meme. Verbal meme. It's the, the guy at the computer, and he looks really weathered down, and he's typing. That is what he looks like. He, he, he looks like a skeleton. I, don't, I think this guy hacks so many darts because he does not look good. But like he, he has been horrible since the time he got to Ottawa, and that's an expensive pile of garbage if you ask me there. So Matt Murray, holy hell. I Nobody should be taking a look at that. I believe what we said in the offseason is they need another top pick to add to their lineup. Like, yeah, that, they I should said be they back. need to fail for Shane Wright. Yeah, and hopefully they do for their sake. You know, For Dave's sake, we all like Dave. <laughs> Seems like they're doing it well fans. this year, which I don't know if that was their plan. But I don't think it was. But I, and no. I, think, I don't know if the I GM mentioned. GM came out and said we're, we're in win-now mode, hey. despite them being at the cap floor. They're, they're <laughs> sneakily very close to being as bad as Arizona They're right year. now below Arizona points-wise. Arizona oh, has a, Ottawa has a better point percentage, but they so our projection for Arizona is looking hot. <laughs> twenty wins. I don't know about that. They have five wins in twenty games. Yeah, yeah. No Arizona. No, I don't think so. Check. Look. Take a look. I believe they have five wins in twenty games. They they've won like three of their last five. They have five. Their goalie, who they oh, got out of the wow. Czech league, Karel, something or another, has been hot, like hot, hot, hot. They might have to do Just something about that. They might have to start like moving out pieces now. Like, moving out more pieces. <laughs> Your guy Shane Goss is bare. He's, uh, he's yeah. ripping oh, it up. Yeah. No sh- <laughs> Find that guy on Insta who told me I was an idiot for saying he was whatever. That's fine. But worry. yeah, Ottawa has nine points in nineteen games. Arizona has twelve and twenty-two. So actually, Ottawa has the worst points percentage in the league right now. Wow. <laughs> But I, I think we mentioned this in the offseason, too. Like, DJ Smith, like, I don't know if people realize it. He's a lame duck coach. Like, he's going to coach them through the shitty, sorry, just but the crappy, like, down years, and then they're going to hire someone else when they finally get good. Mm-hmm. I don't know. It sucks, but that's kind of what's going to happen. So, yeah, the Ottawa Senators, that's kind of, that's a fun one. Anyways, Vanilla and favorite? 
Uh, any entries? What are, What is the... Uh, so I'm an idiot. I forgot to post it. Okay. So it's just I what we say now. Really, honestly, like best player of the week could go many ways. I think oh, yeah. we haven't addressed the Meat Mountain bet yet, which is fine because I smoked Joe on that. I said yeah. bet Matthews anytime goal all three games. He scored all three games. You oh. said two of three. He I know, scored but he scored all three. I, he scored all three. Well, I didn't want to say all three for the Meat Mountain bet because then I would be. The bigger thing is not even like eating it, it's finding it. We'll find there it. are no Arby's around us, and there's probably a reason for it. Yeah. I think the closest Arby's is in Whippy. It's in like uh, Oshawa, Whippy, Burlington. Uh, yeah. So not here. <laughs> not here. Not even close. But uh, I'll, I, I'll go find it. I would like Matthews to be on there. Mm-hmm. I don't know. I think he's played really well. He got the goals he deserved. I still think. He has more to give. Like he, he had a lot of shots again. Only like not to say only three goals. I think he could have had more. Like he was all over the ice. Yeah. I think William Nylander had a really good week mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. overall. Like that line played really well. I know they gave up some chances on the way back using the great tableau visual that Joe put out. But I think him and Tavares played really well. Tavares would be another. I think Tavares had a great week. Tavares yeah. low key had an. I don't think he got an assist on that an, on that goal in Anaheim, but he was the major cause of it. He caused the turnover. William Nylander gets the puck in a wide open area. Like Tavares around the net, like below the goal line on the boards, has been a horse, a, an absolute horse. Has just made his line mates' life so much easier. He's doing what he always has done, which is do the right things to elevate the people around him too. I know you don't like to talk about people on Twitter. I saw someone like complain about that. I said, Oh, we have an $11 million net front guy. Yeah. Okay. Um, (laughs) and better than a seven and a half million dollar healthy scratch, which was what our old net front guy was. But, uh, what about Wayne Simmons? Yeah. I was going to say Wayne Simmons. He led, led the, led the week, led the team in individual expected goals this week. And he's potted too. It's funny. The, the game he had the most expected goals in, he didn't score. And then the next two he scored. We we said this. We said the past two weeks, Wayne Simmons has been due. He's looked like he's on fire. Yeah, after someone that wrote good. that shitty article, he's been awesome. <laughs> Again, like not a lot of people watch every game, which I understand. But you you couldn't tell what Simmons' impact was if you just looked at his point total. Like yeah, he was all know. over the net. The puck wasn't going in. But I'm happy that it did this week. Four points, three games. He deserved it. Mm-hmm. Even that, even bunting as well. Five points uh, over the Again, last. He's two not games. coming off that line. Like that yeah. line is. No, he's got to stay there. Shout out to Nick who dropped on a fantasy two weeks ago. <laughs> <laughs> oh god um was there any others sorry i'm just pulling it up right here obviously i'm so prepared for this one i think those four and then we narrow it down. yeah mm-hmm. so bunting at five on five points bunting led the leafs in the last three games with five points uh two goals in there uh at all strengths looks Tavares. like john Tavares at yep. six points william nylander at five bunting at five and then Simmons Matthews had four. Engvall had three, too. Engvall had a good week. Wow. Kerfoot with three, two goals. Rasmus Sandin had three assists in one game. Like, he's not in that sort of upper echelon, but pretty damn good week in there for him, for Rasmus Carl Sandin. But uh, this is a tough pick. I think Nylander 100% deserves to be up in that conversation. I don't think it's going to be a two-person voting. I mean, Jack Campbell gave up three goals. It's crazy. You could do them every week. The goaltending. Yeah. The goaltending again. Yeah. So I think we're going to have to do a four-person. Four-horse race. Four-horse race. Tavares, like Nylander, Bunting, and goaltending. No, no Matthews. Matthews. Really? Oh, shit. He scored three goals. Yeah. How many options are we allowed to goals? pick? Holy hell. Nah, the entire team was our favorite. Oh, God. <laughs> we, might, we might have to change this to like line one, line two, line three, line four. D line one, D line two, D line t- three, and then yeah, goalies. we can change it. Who cares? I don't know. But let's start with vanilla, and then we'll come back to this one. Yeah, who's your vanilla player of the week? Two guys who played together, Justin Hall and Jake Muzzin. Those are my two nominees. Nice. Pretty simple. I still don't think Jake Muzzin deserves to be on there personally. I look look below the surface of like some bad turnovers. I, like he's still he had that very good stretch pass. Any positive thing that's happened on his pairing has been pairing him. pretty much him. So. I don't know how, again, like I get Nick Ritchie's playing a little better. He still hasn't scored. Yeah, like, Nick Ritchie still doesn't look good. The fact, It seems like he, I don't know who, what he did this offseason, but he can't buy a goal if they were selling it. Like it's it's insane. Yeah, there was a few games ago I, I measured it, but individual expected goals, which is how many goals you should have at this point due to how many chances you've had um, versus actual goal total. He is last in the league mm-hmm. with minus four and a half. Four I, yeah, that makes four. sense though because he has zero, he has zero goals, goals. Which like reiterate that he's 
I wonder if like he was some Russian guy that they signed from the KHL making two and a half and he had zero goals, if he would be talked about more by some people. Because like I get that he's from Toronto, he's Canadian, Don Cherry's his best friend, but like it's been really bad. It's a disaster signing, unfortunately. Put so. the puck in the net. <laughs> Do many, something. Yeah. How many points did he have this year? Four points in twenty three games. He's Jimmy VC. Oh he's, my god. I think Jimmy Vs, if you look it up, had more points through four games. I think he definitely had more goals. I can tell you that. <laughs> that he did. Um, I thought he was better. We saw him stir up some crap here and there, but he, I think he did take a bad penalty in San Jose. Um, he did, yes. It's it's tough. I don't want to put him there, but again, I would. I I, I think know. Justin Hole. Justin Hole is definitely deserving of it. Like, he's just, he's not doing anything out there. I'm not seeing mm-hmm. any positives. Yeah. And I'm seeing him on the ice when they score. Right? That's pretty fair. That's fair. I, I think him and Muzzin is fine if you want to do that. It's fine. I don't want to put Muzzin there, though. Him and Richie? Mm, what else we got here? Kirill Semyonov didn't play enough. Yeah, he's he can't give really, it. Yeah. I mean, yeah, but yeah. Can't. He just did. Got to make his tough there. decisions. I say him and. Uh, yeah. yeah. All right. Sure. Yeah. Let's put it on the poll. We'll see. We'll put it. We'll put it there. We'll see what the what the people have to say. Oh my God! Twelve shots on goal for Morgan Riley these three games. He he could be a player of the week too, but there's too yeah. many guys there. Two. One more thing. Sorry. No. Just gonna stat say, surfing. Good. Yeah, that as well. But good. Good week around from our entire group. Yeah. Everyone played really well. Yeah, you can. You I can, can give it to sit anyone here for and favorite. sift through. Yeah. There's so many, yeah, so many, so many positives. Yeah, the negative right now for me on the team is, like I said, Nick Ritchie, which we hope turns around, and then the Dermot Hole situation. Yeah. Other than yeah. that, every guy's been a pretty much a positive so far. One thing I wanted to say, stat surfing. I don't know if mm-hmm. the Leafs' power play obviously is playing well. They're eighth in the league, but if you look at the underlying numbers, they are second in the NHL and expected goals for on the power play. Yeah. Just behind the Edmonton Oilers, and they're only shooting currently twelve percent on the power play which is like mid-pack in the league, and you expect a team like the Leafs with the amount of firepower they have to score, to shoot like, I don't know, 15 16% on the power play is probably pretty yeah. fair compared to Edmonton shooting 21% on the power play, which seems crazy. But underlying numbers say the Leafs currently have the second-best yeah. power play in the NHL. So Because they're getting the break-ins, they're getting the sustained pressure, and like all guys on that line can really cycle the puck. Exactly, and you posted the power play against San Jose. It was a fantastic power play. That was unreal. I think... Keep looking for the power play to keep scoring even more. I, I really don't want to jinx it, but I, I, let's say I hope that our power play sorrows and worries are a thing of the past. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. And so far, it looks like it's not. Like, as you said, it's not a crazy high shooting percentage. Like, I remember it got hot one year, but it was like a 40% shooting percentage. Like, okay, that's not going mm-hmm. to continue. And then they just couldn't break it in. They, couldn't, they didn't move the puck very well. We're seeing some cycles. We're seeing some good break-ins. Maybe at some points there's going to be blips where you're going to have to change up how things work. But I have confidence in the co- coaching staff again. I'm yeah. back on board. I'm also like... Not con- that I would win anywhere, but yeah. Sorry. No, it's interesting because I've noticed on the power play that it seems like they have so many like different plays. It's, it's I don't even know if they have like yeah. a setup play. I think it's just you guys are really good. Go just make something work, honestly. And it seems free, free flowing. I know I keep saying it's very like loosey goosey. And you know what? If you don't know what, if you don't know what your setup play is going to be, then the other team will never be able to figure that out. And that was the crux I felt last season. Like it was just so obvious. It was too obvious. Before it was like they were playing power play instead of Mm -hmm. playing hockey. You know, everyone's in their spot and you got to try to get the pass across. Now, like you see Mitch Mars behind the net and Mm -hmm. then Nylander's in the bumper, but sometimes he's on the half wall and sometimes he rotates in front of the net. Yeah. Like and Tavares is moving from in front of the net to the high slot to get to get chances. Like, mm-hmm. and it's not always just Matthews beat the goalie. Yeah. And it's good to see. Him. Yeah. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. Okay. So that, was, that was your stat surfing. That was my stat surfing. Love it. That's a good one. That's Do you a good have one? one. Um, I think I threw them all out. I I got. I just want to uh, of all defensive pairings with at least a hundred minutes of ice time. Mm-hmm. Number two. Is is uh, Travis Dermott and Razor Sandin, and number three in the NHL is Timothy Lilligan and Razor Sandin. Let's figure out that right D spot with Muzzin. So and we're going to be very happy th- with uh, was it three hundred uh, uh, about three hundred minutes combined. Rasmus Sandin is essentially the number two and three D pairing spot. He's been lights out this year. I did have a stat surfing um, of all so starting from the beginning of the twenty 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 one season up until now um, for 
all Canadian NHL players, the leader in goals per 60. Can you guess who it is? Is it Michael Bunting? No. Is it Carter Verhage? No. Goals per 60. Is it Nazem Kaj? No, it's not Nazem Kaj. It is Andrew Mangiapane. Yeah, Jason, you should have got that, Damn it! I didn't. I didn't post that one. He's finishing but at an elite. Rate it's this Andrew. Year. It's Andrew Mangiapane. He's like Crazy. way above. I did goals. I didn't post it. I was just practicing, but I did goals and then goals per sixty. And like he's he's way above everyone on that. But then Connor McDavid is just so. Connor McDavid is the best goal scorer of all Canadian men. Can you, if you can believe it or not, yeah, I do believe it. And it's by a wide margin. His points total as well is by like over twenty points. He's at five on five too. Oh, yeah. sorry. I forgot to... It was five on five goals per 60. He's Andrew been, Manjapani was Manjapani, like, he's got a juice shooting percentage, but he's kind of got a good shot. Like, yeah. If you watch yeah. him play, he's obviously not going to be this good, but... Career 17% shooting percentage. So he seems like an above-average goal scorer, and I still cannot believe he only plays 15 minutes in total of ice time. 15 minutes in total this year. Yeah. He should be getting more. He should be getting... Uh, his ice time's gone down. That outlier, like of him, like this is not a small sample size. Mm, that no. outlier of him should just be like, okay, like hey, maybe we should incorporate him more into get him more minutes, kind of thing. But That's crazy, fifteen goals this year. They won last night, so they're good. They're good. They're, they're really rolling. Good. They're rolling. Yeah. Anywho, do you have any other closing remarks? Let's get two points again in three games. Let's do it. Two do wins it. and two three wins games. in three games. Two Not points two. would I'm be disappointing. Just fumbling the bag today. <laughs> My worst performance, but that's okay. We'll be better next week. All right. Thank you, everyone, for listening. Go, let's go.